subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael Reed on LMFM. Friday morning, the 13th of March. Good morning, with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. 27 new cases of COVID-19 were confirmed in Ireland yesterday. 22 cases are associated with local transmission, two are associated with community transmission, and three are associated with travel. There has been one confirmed death of COVID-19 in Ireland. Last night, Minister Helen McEntee said a second death is reported to have been caused by the coronavirus. There are now 70 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Ireland, but this is only the beginning of a crisis that will take many months to take its course. The HSE has been asked to provide 10,000 intensive care beds. We don't know exactly how many people will get this disease, but we do know that tens of thousands will contract COVID-19. Hundreds of thousands may develop the disease. It could even be that millions of us will catch it. The worst case scenario has estimated that 1.9 million people will end up with COVID-19. It is not a question of if, it is a question of when. That is why the government announced a partial lockdown yesterday with dramatic measures aimed at delaying when people get the disease. This is the delay phase. It is inevitable that thousands, if not millions, will catch COVID-19 here. If the spread can be delayed, there is a better chance of sick people getting treatment. This will make a huge difference as people will die. One in every 100 coronavirus patients will die if its spread is handled successfully. Four in 100 patients may die if it's not. I know that some of this is coming as a real shock and it's going to involve big changes in the way we live our lives. And I know that I'm asking people to make enormous sacrifices. But we're doing it for each other. Together we can slow the virus in its tracks and push it back. 
acting together as one nation, we can save many lives. Every one of us will have to accept the changes to our lives. To paraphrase John F. Kennedy, ask not what others will do for you, but what together we can do for the good health of all of our community. Ask of us the same high standards of strength and sacrifice which we ask of you with a good conscience our only sure reward with history, the final judge of our deeds. Let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. We're a great people. We've experienced hardship and struggle before. We've overcome many trials in the past with our determination and our spirit. And once again, we will prevail. Taoiseach Leo Varadkar outlining how the country is in partial lockdown as a result of coronavirus COVID-19. Dr Mary Scully is a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan and joins us once again this morning. And a very good morning to you, Dr Scully, and thank you indeed for joining us. Uh, just to explain this delay phase a little bit more to us, as I understand it, you're in Navan, for example, if, let's say, 500 patients were to present at Our Lady's Hospital over the course of this virus, uh, it could be very challenging, all the more so if 500 presented this week, but less so if 10 people a week over the course of a year presented themselves for treatment. Good morning, Michael. Yes, I think you've summed up the situation very well in your introduction. Um, So the whole point of the partial lockdown is that we are now entering the next phase of managing a pandemic, which is the delay phase. So the initial phase, as people will probably remember, was the containment phase, which mainly meant trying to track cases and track their contacts and trying to contain it that way. When that is no longer working, we enter the delay phase, which means that we are essentially sort of accepting the fact that this pandemic probably cannot be stopped, but that we can delay the number of cases presenting. And the main aim of this is that the health services are not overwhelmed. So lots of people may have seen the two graphs with the curves on them, the big high one which shoots up um, and projects well above the health um, system's capacity to cope. And then the second curve, which is a flatter, longer curve over a longer period of time, but which remains within the health system's capacity to cope. So basically, you know, we're calling it flattening the curve. That Mm. is what we're trying to do. So we probably ultimately will have the same number of people affected by this virus. But the aim is that we don't have them all presenting within a very short period of time and that the health service becomes overwhelmed. Or sitting on a sombrero, as Boris Johnson put it. What? (laughs) Sitting on a sombrero to flatten that (laughs) peak, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I get you. Yes, exactly. Oh, not me, Boris Johnson. (laughs) I think takes the credit (laughs) for that one. Exactly. So the the, the tall hat of the sombrero is Mm. the, the acute curve, which we are hoping to flatten. But is this literally a a matter of life and death. I mean, if 500 people, uh, which is a figure I'm obviously plucking out of the air, were to turn up at Our Lady's Hospital in Navan today, 
with coronavirus in need of intensive care, there's no way that the hospital could cope. There's no way that those people could receive treatment. And as a result of a lack of treatment, uh, they could be seriously ill, if not facing into death. Is that the reason for this delay, so that it's spread over time and there is the ability to care for people? Yeah, we only have limited capacity in terms of numbers of ICU beds, numbers of ventilators, and lots of people may have seen on social media the situation in Italy where they are actually overwhelmed and there is a real crisis where there aren't enough beds, there aren't enough ventilators Mm. for people and doctors are having to make very difficult decisions. Wartime protocols are coming into play in hospitals there, aren't they? And they're saying that they have to prioritise the young people and let the old people go and not resuscitate people because they haven't got the capacity to do it. Well, from what I read, some people, you know, aren't even getting a doctor if they, you know, if they crash. Um, but we're, so we're kind of really hoping to avoid that type of scenario. But really, it is a war. You know, it's a war against this virus. And, you know, and that was the tenor of Leo Radker's speech yesterday is that we kind of nearly have to sort of behave like this is a war. And we do have to all pull together, mm. you know, the, the blitz spirit, as it were. Uh, the guards who are in training at the moment are to come out of training and to uh, graduate early. And Templemore is uh, to be turned into a hospital of sorts. Uh, they're looking at anywhere that uh, they can find space uh, so that they can provide intensive care beds, whether that's hospitals or disused buildings. I think the, the health service... Oh, I'm sorry, I meant to say hotels or disused buildings. Oh, hotels, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think the health service has been proactive in trying to sort of locate potential buildings that are would have spare capacity in case they need these beds, in case that the delay tactics of locking down, um, preventing mass gatherings, closing schools, etc., do not work. And a lot of, of, you know, whether it's going to work depends on the public. And I'd really be emphasising this to the public out there that, you know, this is not something that has been done to inconvenience you or to panic you. This is something that is going to help you in the long run. And it needs everybody's involvement Mm. so that when children are off school, that they don't gather in large groups in each other's houses or in shopping centres or wherever they they, they hang out, you know, that, that they do try to avoid you know, meeting up in large numbers, that they do keep their distance socially from people. People need also to, you know, not be annoyed that their their concerts or their Mm. theatre or, God forbid, their weddings in some cases are cancelled. It's going to be very boring, yeah. Yeah, Mm. you know, but Mm. yes, we all have to be very boring. We all have Mm. to sit Mm. at home in our houses, catching up on Netflix series and whatnot. But, Mm. you know, we have to do this. Yeah, and it comes back to that... uh, uh, John F. Kennedy quota of ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country that sort of, of uh, thing and that's the situation that we're in now uh, the measures uh, that have been announced by government are a partial lockdown uh, and that may delay the spread of uh, the disease uh, as we've been discussing but it, it may also prevent people from getting the disease because of uh, less contact between people Yes, absolutely and it has been shown quite clearly that these kind of measures do work and in any of the countries who've had the virus, they've implemented these measures early enough, then it does work to reduce numbers getting the virus. Mm. And I think the message from the government is this is what you're being asked to do at a minimum. Yes, you can go to the pub. Yes, you can go to the shops. Yes, you can go to a restaurant or whatever. But we're asking you, in reality, not to and to curtail your movements 
if you wouldn't mm. mind, and as hard as that may be for the businesses involved. Yes, unfortunately, there is going to be a fallout for the hospitality industry, for the restaurant industry, for travel industry. But, you know, it can't be helped, unfortunately. And hopefully there will be some measures taken by government to boost those um, businesses or provide them with some sort of uh, funding to kind of enable them to get through this crisis. But unfortunately, there is going to be that sort of fallout. Right. Uh, We hear about people self-isolating because they have the disease or may have the disease or others are concerned that they might have it. Uh, But what about other people? Uh, Should uh, older people, for example, or people with uh, compromised immune systems... uh, cancer patients, other uh, people who have uh, other underlying diseases, uh, should they think about isolating, staying indoors as much as possible? Absolutely. Anybody who's vulnerable, and they're the people you've mentioned, the elderly, the people with chronic illnesses, the people whose immune systems are suppressed, they all have to be ultra extra cautious and you know and that includes getting you know visitors as well you know people if you have their you know their grandkids coming in who've been out socializing and mixing with other kids you know that's maybe not a runner either maybe you know telephone for visits you know instead of uh, face-to-face contact might be the you know cautious and sensible thing to do Mm. for the foreseeable future because uh, a lot of people are in a a bit of a a quandary at uh, the moment Uh, they've been told that they have to keep their children home uh, whether that's Mm. uh, from the crash or school or whatever and they feel they have to go to work themselves uh, this morning and they may be asking their parents to mind the children yeah, the grandparents. Mm. I know, I know. And that was, I think, one of the, the rationales for not closing schools earlier was because, you know, the, the, uh, you know, oftentimes it's the grandparents who get roped in to, to mind the children, um, you know, and they just like it's, it's kind of, I suppose, the lesser of two evils that the grandparents are going to mind them. But, you know, keeping them home, keeping them, um, you know, away from other children, uh, you know, that and, and lots of hand washing. Mm. You know, I can't emphasize that enough. The main thing remains of preventing this virus is, you know, personal hygiene and hand washing. OK, but what about other people washing their hands? I, I mean, if I'm at home, I'm not going out and I'm doing everything I can to protect myself and to avoid coming into contact with this virus and I'm washing my hands every couple of uh, minutes mm. or any time I, I do anything, I wash my hands and somebody knocks at the door and they come in, do I ask them to wash their hands? You could do, or you could have hand sanitizer at your door and before they touch anything, just ask them to have a little rub of the hand sanitizer. You know, that's in my house at the moment in the hall table. Okay, we've uh, spoken uh, before about testing and who's being tested and who can get tested if they feel they'd like to get tested. The government says it's going to carry out more testing and that it's consulting with GPs. Uh, Are you aware of any change in uh, the criterion, Dr Scully? No, uh, and this has been a little bit of a a hot issue for us GPs insofar as, you know, it has been stated on television by none other than the Minister for Health that GPs, you know, are testing, but we are not testing. We do not have the capacity at the moment to do any testing. We haven't got the testing kits um, and we even can't arrange testing. So, you know, if we have a patient who we think is ill enough to need a test and we contact public health, and you do eventually get through to them. Mm. The public health are still working off, it seems to me, sort of slightly outdated criteria where it's only if you've travelled in the last 14 days to an outbreak area or you've been in contact of a confirmed case. They seem to be still the only people that are being allowed to get tests, mm. whereas kind of the community, 
sort of uh, maybe people, community transmission people, uh, they're still not getting tested. So I have a little bit of a worry about that, that there may be cases out there that we don't know about because mm-hmm. they haven't been tested. So I think the amount of testing does need to be ramped up considerably. And I think many GPs will be happy to help out um, if they are provided with the equipment, the PPEs, etc., to do so. Okay, I, I feel like I, I'm getting to know you. I've been speaking to you <laughs> yes. so often recently, and I imagine it's uh, the same with our, our listeners. And I, I think our, our listeners will recognise you at this stage because you've been on the programme so often as a, a voice of reason to many respects. And, uh, and I say that without meaning to patronise you, but uh, you're somebody uh, who our listeners, I, I think, can trust uh, because you've been with us throughout this from the beginning up to this stage where we're in partial lockdown. And now we're at... Uh, a stage uh, where all of us have changed our uh, opinions as this has uh, developed and evolved and I think your opinion has uh, developed and uh, evolved over the last couple of weeks as well. How do you feel about uh, the announcements made by government yesterday? Uh, Were they uh, too soon, too late or have they got the right balance uh, and do you expect more to come? I personally do think they got the right balance. Um, I think even leaving it till next week might have been a little bit late. I think probably what they were waiting for was looking at the numbers of cases. And I think they acted at the time when there was a kind of a sudden increase in number of cases. As you said, we saw 27 extra cases yesterday. And I think that was the signal for them to say, right, we have to do something now. Um, and they would have been taking advice from the World Health Organization and the European Centre for Disease, Disease Control. Um, and, you know, they acted on it. And it's, you know, possibly not a very popular move across the country. And certainly lots of people, as we saw, were very panicked by it when there was no real need to be, because this is a, a, a move that is in everybody's benefit, everybody's favour. And the whole panic buying of groceries, you know, was a little bit, you know, sort of unnecessary. Dangerous, um, I'd have thought, because uh, so many people were congregating in one place when they were told well, not to <laughs> meet in groups larger <laughs> than 100. Talk about, yes, talk about mass yeah, gatherings of, yeah. of more than 100. Some of the pictures I saw on social media certainly mm. looked a bit more than that. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of, yeah, dangerous for them as well. So there's, you know, this is a move that I think it was the correct one at the correct time. So I have to, I think, you know, uh, say that Leo Varadkar has acted very well in this regard um, and, you know, all power to him for, for doing so. OK, thank you indeed for joining us as always. Uh, that's Dr. Mary Scully, GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan. Michael Reed on LMFM. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.